Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 534. My display had the desired effect. Moving together, the two twigs looked like the crudest, saddest string puppet in the world. Nothing to be frightened of. It's just like invisible string, except it won't get tangled or caught on anything. How hard will it pull at me? he asked warily. I don't want it yanking me out of a tree when I'm scouting. It's just me on the other end of the string, I said. I'll just jiggle it a bit, like the float on a fishing line. Martin stopped wringing his hand and relaxed a little. Startled me, is Hall, he said. That's my fault, I said. I should have warned you. I picked up the stick, handling it with a deliberate casualness, as if it were nothing more than an ordinary stick. Of course, it was nothing more than an ordinary stick, but Martin needed to be reassured as to that point. It's like Tekub said, nothing in the world is harder than convincing someone of an unfamiliar truth. Martin showed us how to see when leaves or needles had been disturbed, how to spot when stones had been walked across, how to tell if moss or lichen had been damaged by someone's passing. The old huntsman was a surprisingly good teacher. He didn't belabor his points, didn't talk down to us, and didn't mind questions. Even Tempe's trouble with the language didn't frustrate him. Even so, it took hours, a full half day. Then, when I thought we were finally finished, Martin turned us around and started leading us back toward the camp. We've already been that way, I said. If we're going to practice, let's practice in the right direction. Martin ignored me and kept walking. Tell me what you see. Twenty paces later, Tempe pointed. Moss, he said. My foot. I walked. Realization dawned, and I began to see all the marks Tempe and I had made. For the next three hours, Martin walked us step by humiliating step back through the trees, showing us everything we had done to betray our presence there. A scuff against the lichen on a tree trunk. A piece of freshly broken rock. The discoloration of overturned pine needles. Worst of all, were a half-dozen bright green leaves that lay shredded on the ground in a tidy semicircle. Martin raised an eyebrow, and I blushed. I had plucked them from a nearby bush, idly shredding them while listening to Martin. Think twice and step carefully, Martin said, and keep an eye on each. End of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. This is great. I love <laughs> I love when Quoth is shamed. And, like, this is not unreasonable, and it's good teaching, right? Like he spends a day teaching them. They they go off and they apply their knowledge, and then he teaches them another lesson, so they don't have to have too much on their mind right away. Mm-hmm. Although Quoth does come off as a little bit of a of a wrong headed know it all throughout this whole chapter. You know, he's wrong about the he's wrong about the whistle. He's wrong about going off in quote the right direction for practice. And then even most most embarrassing, he's he's made an extremely conspicuous error. Uh, it's it's childish and it's very relatable, and I really like it. And it's it is really nice to see Quoth taught in this way. It's interesting to think of Quoth's this whole book as more more learning. Like in the first book, Quoth is in the university learning, and now he's out here learning. He's learning about the court at the mm-hmm. mayor's. He's learning about woodcraft. He's learning about sex powers mm-hmm. and he goes off with Florian. He's still in wizard school throughout this book. He's just in a different kind of wizard school. Sex wizard school. We've described Quoth as a D&D character before having like 
a few levels of wizard and a few levels of rogue, but this is where he picks up like one level in ranger, right? Just enough to get all the bonuses to like tracking and what have you. He doesn't get an animal companion, but this is where he like learns. His ranger favorite stuff. enemy is Chandrian. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit like taking a favorite enemy demon at level one. Where you're yeah, it's like this is not going to come in handy until I'm like level fifteen, but it will come in handy. Hmm. I feel like he probably picked up one level of Ranger when he was a kid. He's yeah. picking up another level or two here. I think that's a racial bonus from being born in Imara. No, because you get your favorite enemy at one, don't you? Or do you get it yeah, at but two? That's what, but that's what I'm saying. Like he, he picked up his like his first couple of levels of like wood of like craft bird flute and and like, you know, survival as a child. But he. But those are NPC levels. His PC levels he gained when he was off living in the woods, hmm. all on his own. Hmm. Well, I'm saying that like they're not a level; they're a racial bonus that he got for for building his character as you know human subtype Edema Ra. Right. Uh, get some d- points dinged from wisdom. Exactly. But some points added to charisma. Yeah. Okay. Or you get like, or you get like negative social roles in certain in certain situations because you know people are racist towards you. Yeah, but you get bonus to perform and craft whistle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> craft whistle. I wasn't going to say anything. Where did he learn to to make a perfect bird call from scratch? Well, I don't think it's a perfect bird call. I think it's just good enough like for their purposes. And I do think he learned it like as a kid. It does feel like a musical skill set. It's like where music and woodcraft combine. Yeah, I can and like I can see that being because like there was that one kind of ranger guy in his troop when he was a kid who like taught him woodcraft stuff. I can see that being the whose kind name of thing- was who, by the way, let's not forget whose name was Lackleth and is later identified that name Lackleth is one of the branches of the Lackleth family. Right. So I can see that being the sort of thing that you teach a kid if you're teaching them woodcraft, because that's the kind of thing a kid would think is cool. Especially if the many branches of your family are subtly guiding the child from birth to fulfill his racial destiny. Yes, especially if that. <laughs> uh, what else yeah. do we want to say on this page? Just that this, I, I love Martin. This is really making me like, like Martin a lot. Also Tempe. Tempe is a good learner. He's attentive. He picks up on things faster than Quoth does, at least in this, in this setting. We're learning yes. a lot about these characters with some pretty simple action. It's really great. Yeah, well, Tempe is obviously way better at listening than I think most people. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good observation. And he is putting the lie to the assertion that some scurrilous hosts of this podcast have made that he's some kind of dull-witted simpleton. I'm not saying he's dull-witted. I just think he's he's a little slower than, than a lot of the other. Or, like, slower on, like on some uptake than a lot of, I think he's just socially awkward, frankly. I think he's socially awkward for, a, even for an ADEM. They think he's slow, right? No, I don't think they do. They specifically call him not very bright. Anyway, we'll get to it. And you will eat crow, Jeremy, when we arrive. That's right, I'm bringing back the crow pie from season uh, one. Not, not the crow. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> it's okay, I can share it with my cat. He would love You don't even pie. like pie. I like meat pies. I, I like savory pie pies. I would be savory, so actually, never mind. Yeah, the best kind of pie is savory pie. Whatever. I mean, I'm a fan of a good tortier, but that's not the point. Listeners, you can write in and tell us about your favorite kinds of pie on tomorrow's page.
of the wind. wind. wind.